if you've been here for over a year in Life Church, I don't know. We have quite a, a transitioning crowd. Uh, but uh, if you've been here for a little bit of time, then you'll know that we have a little bit of a tradition uh, around the Lunar New Year period. How many of you enjoyed your Lunar New Year holidays? Uh, last weekend. I know some of you were off of work and really enjoyed. Uh, some of you still look a little full from some of the foods you ate. And, uh, um, you know, uh, there is the, the calendar, and I believe that this year, if, I, if, I, if I'm right, that they have named this year the year of the cow, the ox, okay? I've heard ox and cow. So, um, all right, uh, the, the year of the ox, um, and the year before that, if I remember right, it was the year of the rat. Do you remember that? And last um, uh, uh, Lunar New Year period, I just wasn't comfortable in having that banner of rat over my year. Yeah? Uh, I know it might have some good connotations, but I, but I, I just wanted to make another declaration over 2008. Uh, and and we, if you remember the sermon that we did last year, we declared year of the branch. We took that out of John chapter 15, how we are uh, uh, the branches and God's life flows through us. Well, I thought it would be appropriate that here, with Lunar New Year just passing, that we also name 2009. I'm, I'm not satisfied with ox, yeah? I want something more than ox. Uh, that's, uh, I want to live up to something higher than just a beast in the field. And so this year... We're going to name 2009 as a church the year that it comes to pass. The year that it comes to pass. And I'm going to be talking about that today. If you have your notes under point number one, the thing that I want you to hear, and we'll see this in the scriptures that we're about to read, if you're filling in the blanks for, the words for your blanks, point number one, no more delay. No more delay. I think that sounds good. Luke chapter four and verse 20. Let me tell you a little story about uh, no more delay. Last Sunday, last Sunday, I was, I was, uh, busy. You know, I had the, the sermon in my mind. I was, had spent some time in prayer. I had gone through my notes. I was really focused on getting to church here and delivering the Word of God. And, uh, Jenny had already left the house and, uh, I, I had gotten in the car and I was on the way driving here and I was just having a good time worshiping the Lord to some music and praying and, and getting myself, you know, uh, kind of raptured in the presence of God and ready to come here. And I, I walked into the building and I stood about right here in my phone ring and I thought, who, who could be calling me? And I pulled it out and I looked at my phone and it, the number of the, the place appeared. It was my home. And I thought to myself, who in the world is in my house? Who is in my house? And I answered the phone. It was my kids. I had forgot them. <laughs> I had forgot them. I was not wanting to delay anymore. I was wanting to, to, to move quickly and get on with the business of God. And I have just Laura, just Laura. And I had left Laura in bed sleeping. <laughs> And was ready to start church. You know, there is uh, something about nodding, well, not wanting to delay uh, uh, that can get us into trouble at times. But I believe what we're talking about here has some relevance for our lives. In Luke chapter 4, in verse 20, it says that Laura has not forgiven me yet. Um, it was funny. When I, answered the, when, I, when I answered the phone, she immediately she heard the band practicing. And the first words out of her mouth were, you left me. 
And uh, so I had to spend all week trying to make up to Laura for, for leaving her at home. Uh, I haven't paid the price yet. Um, it's going to drag out for a little, little longer. Luke chapter 4 and verse 20, then he rolled up the scroll. This text is speaking of Jesus. Jesus had been baptized of John in the river uh, Jordan. He had come out of that. The Spirit, Holy Spirit of God had immediately driven him into the wilderness where he was tempted of the devil for 40 days. Three temptations that he endured at the end of that in Luke chapter 4 and verse 14. Jesus comes out of the wilderness as a new man. He comes out in the power of the Holy Spirit. And he quickly uh, goes to a synagogue and This is where we begin to pick up the scene here in Luke chapter 4 and verse 20. Uh, He had read uh, read from the the book of Isaiah. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to preach the gospel. And uh, then he rolled up the scroll and he gave it back to the attendant. And he sat down and the eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. Verse 21. And he began saying to them, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. You see, Jesus was bringing to pass, he was bringing into fulfillment something that had been spoken a long time ago. Jesus was stepping into the words of God and he was saying, now it has arrived, it is front of you, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. The delay and the wait was over, God's word was fulfilled. And I believe as I have prayed and sought the Lord for this year, 2009, that this is the year when God brings things to pass in our life. Some of you have been waiting for a long time for certain answers to come. Some of you have held things in your heart perhaps for many years. Some of you have been standing and believing and perhaps that time has been filled with with tears and with some stretching and growing and, and waiting upon God. But as I sought the Lord here for 2009, I really sensed that God was saying that this is the year that if we would begin to expect and if we would begin to meet the Lord and begin to set our expectation in our heart that God is has something and is going to do something to bring His words to pass in our life for 2009. I'm believing it for, for, for myself, for my family, for, for our marriage, for our children. I can think of a whole lot of other areas in our life where I want God's word to come to pass. It's fine. There is a season of waiting. I understand that. But we're not called to wait all of our life in some areas. God's word has come to bring help and hope and deliverance and healing. And there's a time when it, when it, when it appears that we step into it and we can say today, this word is going to be fulfilled in my life. God lays out a red carpet for us in his word. And many times it is you and I who begin to walk into what God has for us by a heart that is embracing God's promise and saying, this is for me now. I can't wait any longer. This is what I must take, and this scripture, this promise must come to pass and must be fulfilled right now. How many of you have been waiting on God for something? A few of you. Okay. Yeah, we wait on God for many things in life. And again, I know that some things come to us at stages, and there's a wonderful thing that can happen to our heart 
as we're in the process of waiting, but there's also a season when the promises come to pass. Another scripture that I have for you, Acts chapter 2, verses 14 through 16, it reads, But Peter, standing up with the eleven, this is uh, at Pentecost, lifted up his voice and said unto them, You men of Judah, Judea, and all of you that dwell in Jerusalem, be this known unto you, and listen to my words, hearken to my words, for these men that you see are not drunk as you suppose, seeing is but the third hour of the day. And in verse 16 it says, but this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. You see back in the, in, in the book of Joel, the prophet, he said, in the last days I will pour out my spirit upon my sons and my daughters. He was speaking of a day that would come, and now Peter is in Jerusalem. And just like Jesus had done in the synagogue, reading from the book of Isaiah, Peter is there quoting from Joel, and he's saying, This today, what you see, is the fulfillment of what God spoke years ago. This is that. Oh, and I believe that God would have our hearts prepared to be prepared with such expectancy that we can stand today right here in 2009 and say this is the year when some of these things are going to come to pass. Maybe it's some things in your personal life. Maybe it's things that you've been wrestling with. Maybe it's some breakthroughs that you've wanted uh, in your walk with the Lord. Things that have been nagging you and you've wanted rid of. Let it be that this year is the year that those things come to pass. And God fulfills His Word that if you know the truth, it will set you free. God's Word is filled with promises that if we will take and with a heart mixed with faith, begin to, to receive receive that word and say, God, bring it alive in me today. Let me walk in the strength of it today. Let this promise be fulfilled today. Lord, let this be that which you spoke to me some time ago. Let it come to pass right now. One of the, I think, errors that happens and that happened here even in the, in the ministry of Jesus, we'll see in the next Reading is that we can get many times into a rut of waiting for things that is unnecessary. Here in John chapter 4 and verse 35, reading out of the New International Version, it says, Do not say, these are the words of Jesus, do not say four more months and then the harvest. I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. Jesus was telling his disciples, guys, no more delay. Uh -uh, Don't say, don't look out there and say, well, maybe a little bit further down the road this is going to come to me. Don't look out there and say, well, maybe just a little bit more time. Don't look out there and say, maybe just around the corner and then we'll be there. No, recognize the promise of God for you today and know that God wants to bring it into your, bring it to pass now in your life. It's going to take some action on your part. It's going to take an expectancy that rises inside of you that says, this is the hour that I'm going to step into that which God has spoken to me. I am believing that these things are going to come to pass now. Point one, no more delay. No more delay. Oh, I believe that God is, is, is doing things with us as a church. 
Some things we've been waiting on. Some things that we've been holding on for. Uh, promises that God has spoken to us, the church, to begin to believe for. And I believe that 2009 is the year when God begins to bring some of those things to pass. Uh, I, I, people will, might say, well, well, pastor, I don't see those things. Uh, there's, there's no evidence of them right now. Oh, but my friends, when you begin to allow your heart to embrace God's promise... All and to begin to have that expectancy and that assurance of things to come, God begins to respond and move on your behalf, and then you find God meets you as you begin to step out and say, now is the time. Now is when these things need to happen in my life. Don't get into that pattern in your life when you say, well, maybe someday these things will happen. Maybe someday I'll be free in these areas. Maybe someday I'll be rid of this depression. Maybe someday I'll be rid of this lust. Maybe someday this anger thing will go from me. Let it be that you step into God's promise now and say, this is the end. No more delay. God's promise is going to come to pass for me. His word says that whom the Son sets free is free indeed. That if Jesus Christ lives inside of me, I have life. And that life has overcome the world. Wow. Why don't we start believing God's promise? Uh, even sometimes over what the circumstances say. Oh, if we'll elevate God's word, we'll see things come to pass in our life. Jesus saw them come to pass. Peter saw them come to pass. Jesus was encouraging his disciples in John chapter 4. Hey guys, don't wait around any longer. Don't say a little bit longer and then these things are going to happen They're going to come to you right now. Things are ready for you to step in. There is a harvest that is available for you this very moment. Go take it. Step out. Take some action. Go bring in that harvest. I can remember... Uh, uh, on several different occasions, as many of you know, we as a church have a, a large missions thrust in the Himalayas, traveling uh, every year to Nepal and different places throughout the Himalaya. And and uh, I can remember many years ago as I was there with a backpack, walking through the mountains, trekking and uh, helping to get um, some medical aid into some of those unreached areas. I had a guide with me, and this was one of my first experiences in some of those higher elevations and I tell you I was worn out we had been on the the, the the trail for about three days going up and up and up and we weren't even close to where we needed to be and I can remember I would always ask the guide when are we going to get there and he would say it's just around the corner and about five hours later I'd say when are we going to get there it's just around the corner the next day when are we going to get it's just around the next corner and I had this hope that I would round that corner and there the village would be but it ended up taking days and days and days to get there. And Oh, uh, you can sometimes get into that uh, way in life. Well, maybe just around the corner these things are going to happen for me. Oh, but I believe that God wants to bring them to pass in 2009. This is the year that it comes to pass. Point number two in your notes, no more circles. No more circles. It might sound funny for a moment, but stay with me here. Out of Deuteronomy chapter 2, verses 2 through 3. And the Lord spoke to me, saying, You have circled this mountain long enough. You've been going around this mountain long 
enough. You see, the children of Israel were wandering through a wilderness for 40 years. Theologians, scholars say that uh, it could have taken perhaps just 11 days for the children of Israel if they would have walked the coastal route there across the top of the Sinai to actually enter the promised land. But that 11 days turned into 40 years of wandering. They found themselves circling the same mountain over and over and over again, wandering aimlessly lost in this barren land. I think you can see the analogy. Perhaps some of us in life have been circling certain mountains for too long. Certain things continue have, have just remained the same, and it's we know it's not what God wants. We've been looking for something different, but we don't know how to break out of that cycle, out of that pattern. Maybe it's in a in a relationship, maybe it's a certain place that your marriage has just settled down to that you know is not where God wants it to be. Maybe it's in your finances. Maybe it's in some other area of your life where it seems like you've been circling the same mountain over and over and over. But God's words came to the children of Israel, and I believe God's words come to us this morning. He says in the next statement, now turn, now turn and go north. Some of us need to hear those words today. Now is the time to turn Now is the time, I believe this year, that God would say to us, you've been circling the mountain long enough. Now come on, let's start to head in a new direction. Let's start to to chart a new course. Let's leave some of those things behind. Let's start to head in a new way. It is the way to God's promises for your life. The children of Israel turned from that place and they began to, 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 to see the promised land before them. It wasn't long there. They were standing at the Jordan River when under the command of Joshua, those waters parted and they stepped into the land that God had promised their father Abraham in things they had been waiting for for years. The delay was over. The waiting was over. The circles were over. They had entered a new day. That new day brought a new lifestyle. For 40 years, they had looked up to the heavens and God had rained down manna to feed them. God had miraculously provided water for them. They had constantly been dependent upon God's miraculous supply for survival. But you see, when they turned and they went north and they crossed into God's promises, the manna stopped. The water stopped flowing. And God said, look down now. You've been looking up for 40 years for something to fall out of the sky. Now I want you to look down. Look at the ground that you're standing on. Begin to sow that ground. Begin to put seeds in that ground. Begin to plow it. Begin to realize a harvest. And for the first time in 40 years, their heads went from, oh God, give me, to oh God, look where you've placed me. Look at the land that you've put me in. Look at the the potential. Look at the the, the soil. Look at what I can do. Oh, for 40 years they had not made plows. For 40 years they had not made a harness for the ox. For 40 years they had not known what it was. They had probably lost some farming techniques in that time. They had to relearn a new lifestyle 
because they turn north. You see, when you turn and you start to stop circling the mountain and you start to go in a new direction, it requires some new changes, some new perspectives, some new ways of thinking, some new expectancy in your heart, some new faith that God begins to to, to burn in you to believe for these promises to come to pass. No more circles. You have circled this mountain long enough. Now turn north. I have a little statement here in your notes. What got you here won't necessarily get you there. It's going to take sometimes a radical renewal of our thoughts and attitudes to take us into the next place in life. You know, life has, for many of us, these stages that we come to. You can, you can, you, you can graduate from high school and maybe go into college or university and there's a set of things that you've got to learn or you don't, you don't get past that. In high school, there's some, a test that you gotta pass before they'll let you graduate, at least in most places. And that you gotta, you gotta meet some certain criteria before you go on to the next stage. And there in university college, you gotta meet some certain criteria before you go to the next stage. And there are these stages that we go through in life. And yet some people are continuing in the same stage for way too long. They're circling the same mountain for way too long. They're in this mode of delay for far too long. And God says it's time to go to the next place. It's time to come up a little higher in life. Maybe you've settled down with a certain standard in life. Maybe you've settled with just coping with some of the things that you face in life, not knowing if there's real freedom found in Jesus Christ. But I want you to hear today, God wants to take you to a new place. God wants to take us as a church into a new place. I have been praying for myself personally. I don't want to be the the same jack that I have been in the past. I want to continue to be changed by God from ever increasing glory to glory. I want Christ to be formed inside of me. I want to have his nature shaped inside of me. I want to continue to progress in life in this journey and keep going onward and upward. How many of you would like to go to a new place in your life? How many of you would like to go to a new place financially? I think most of you would. You'd like maybe a promotion. You'd like some things in life. But yet sometimes we can find ourselves just settling down. We kind of normalize. And I'm not talking about a, a, a living with a dissatisfaction all the time where you're never at peace. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking a place where you're not meant to settle. The children of Israel weren't meant to be living in that wilderness. That wasn't the home that God had prepared for them. God had a beautiful place, but yet they had found that this just became the routine of life. They could hardly see beyond it. They could hardly see beyond that one mountain they were circling day after day after day. Yet God turned them. Albert Einstein. I usually don't quote Einstein in sermons, but I thought this was a good one. The significant problems that we face today cannot be solved at the same level of thinking we were at when we created them. Yeah, you can think about that just for a moment. I don't get most of Einstein's thoughts. 
took me a while to kind of ponder this one. But it's going to require some changes in our thinking, some changes in our expectations, in our attitudes, in how we're looking at things, because perhaps the way we're looking at things right now isn't going to be enough to cause us to turn and go into that new place. God wants to affect the way we think. The Bible tells us in the book of Romans chapter 8 that the, the people of God whose minds are controlled by the Holy Spirit, they follow a path of life and peace. But for those who have their minds controlled by the sinful and carnal nature, their road is, is death. God has a road for you. We talked about his, his plan for your life last week and God's passion for purpose for you. It says there in the book of Jeremiah, I have a plan for you. It's filled with a hope and a future. And maybe where you're at here today, you're at, you, you've plateaued at a certain level in life. And you've just kind of gotten satisfied and just coping with where you're at. God wants to take you to a new place. Let 2009 be the year when what God has promised comes to pass and you step into a new place. I hope you can hear these words today. Point number three, no more limits. No more limits. Isaiah chapter 54, verses 2 through 3, it reads, Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch your tent curtains wide. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. For you will spread out to the right and to the left. You know, this new place that God is taking you, is taking us to, it's going to require a, a reshaping. A reshaping of who you are. You might not be the same person in 2009 that people have known in the past. Uh, uh, I, I go back uh, um, uh, to England where we lived for, for nine, ten years. And, and, and I, I want to go back. We go back occasionally. I want to go back a different person. I don't want to go back to the same person I was back then. There was nothing wrong with that person, but time has moved. And I, I believe that God wants us to continue to go onward and, and upward and grow and receive his life and his nature and, and have a greater uh, passion in our lives for the things of God, be running into the purposes of God, becoming bigger and broader, that our capacity increases so that we can receive and do more for the things and uh, the kingdom of God. Why don't you pray that God reshapes your life, stretches you out. Sometimes that stretching process, it's a little painful. Anyone ever been stretched? Everyone, anyone ever been put in a situation where the demands were greater than what you had to meet? And if God didn't show up and help, oh, you didn't know what you were going to do. I've been there many times. Seems like it's almost been a pattern. <laughs> God throwing Jenny and I in the deep end many times and Saying, all right, count on me, depend on me. But I know through that process, you can be stretched. Your cords can be lengthened. 
you can begin to expand and all of a sudden you find that where you were able to carry but a small amount before, now that God has grown and increased you, your capacity has, has been measured out by God. Now you've become bigger. Now what, what, what used to bother you isn't, it doesn't affect you anymore. What used to trip you up is gone. Uh, what used to, 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 the, the buttons the devil used to push in your life to get your attention, those don't work anymore because you've come to a new place in God. You're living in a new strength. You're living in a new place of victory and empowerment from the Holy Spirit who lives inside you. You're walking into the promises of God. Let this be the year when these things come to pass. Strengthen yourselves. Don't hold back. Lengthen your cords. Stretch your tent curtains. Spread out to the right and to the left. Perhaps you could get a vision in your mind. Your imagination is given to you by God. Use it. Begin to imagine what God has for you. Begin to daydream about the things that God has prepared for you. Begin to daydream about success. How many of you daydream? I spent all high school daydreaming. Yeah. I'd have those wonderful dreams about, you know, being out there on the football field and running and catching the big pass. And, you know, the 100,000 people at my little high school stand up and jack, jack. You know, I had those, those, those dreams. God has dreams that he wants to put inside your, your spirit. Acts chapter 2 says that when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you shall become bold. There at the book of Joel that we were quoting from earlier, when the Holy Spirit is poured out upon all flesh, visions will come. Oh, when you meet with the Holy Spirit, God begins to fill your mind with his thoughts. You begin to see what God wants you to become. I'm so grateful that I have a wife that's not just looking at me today. She has a vision of what God can make me in the future. I have the same for her. Oh, I'm so blessed and wonderfully satisfied and happy with with where we are today. But I know that God's even got greater things for us in the future. Have a vision for your spouse. Have a vision for your children. You know, every night I go into Hudson and Laura's room. They're in bunk beds. I start at the top and I work my way down. And I, I, I pray, and I tell you what, I try to fill that prayer with as many big thoughts as I possibly can. Oh, God, I thank you that you take Laura in her life and that you use her to, to bring your power to the world. And, and I sow those promises and those seeds and those words into her heart at a young age. And I'm believing that there's going to come a time when there's this faith in her heart that God can use me. God can work through me. God can touch people, even at eight years old. Hudson, then I go down to him, and man, we st- oh, God's going to make you strong. God's going to make you the fastest in your class. That's been an issue for him for a long time. You're going to outrun everyone. You know, and then I, I talk about the, the, the plans of God and, Begin to speak those into his heart. I know seeds are going in. Someday there's going to be an expectancy of greater things in life, of stepping into the purposes of God. What a privilege we have. Those of you who are parents, use your mouth as a wonderful creative tool to speak the words of God and sow seeds into their heart that one day those seeds come alive and they're stretching out their tent cords. They're becoming big and broad. 
speak those words out over your life. Maybe all that you can see is the mountain you're circling today. But start declaring some things over your life. God's going to bring his word to pass over my life. Whom the Son sets free is free indeed. I believe it over my life. He who has the Son has life. I believe it in my life. You can begin to declare and plant the seeds of God's word in your own heart and you find that God is fulfilling his word, bringing it to pass, that God is enlarging you. And our final verse for today comes out of Luke chapter 1 and verse 38. The words of Mary. Behold, the handmaiden of the Lord. Be it unto me according to your word, she said. And then the angel departed from her. The angel comes to her and speaks to her regarding the son that she will have, the Savior of the world, and you will call his name Emmanuel, God with us. There, a new day had dawned upon Mary. A new day had dawned upon the world. This is that which was prophesied a long time ago. Today, this scripture is fulfilled in the hearing of Mary. What was her response? Oh, it could never be. Oh, not me. No, Lord, be it unto me according to your word. Lord, whatever you say, bring it to pass. Whatever your promise is, it's not too big. It's not too small. Lord, I, I, I get into agreement with your promise. And I look for it to come to pass in my life. Some of you have maybe believed in the past for things to happen. And maybe they haven't taken place. You become discouraged. You've, you've perhaps given up in some areas and thinking that it's possible for those things to come to pass. You've looked at your own life and thought, I just don't know if it's ever going to happen. And maybe you've settled down and are circling a mountain. Not entering into that promise that God has given to you. I want to encourage you with these closing words today. Have a response like Mary. Uh, There's not much bigger that could come to anyone on this planet than the Savior of the world is inside you. Carry him carefully. Here was Mary, her response. Lord, whatever you want to do, bring it on. I'll take it, God. Let your word come to pass in my life. Oh, if our response could be, could be equal to hers. Lord, whatever promise you want to bring to pass in my life, Lord, be it unto me. Do it in my life. You know, when you begin to get into agreement with God's word and with his promise, the limits are taken off. People may say of your life, you know, Young Ho, he, he's just a certain way. I always pick on Young Ho. Because he sits right here. If someone would sit here, I'd pick on them. Yeah. Yeah. You know, someone might say of your life, you know, I know Young Ho. I know what he's good at. I know what he's not good at. I know probably how far he'll go in life. But aren't you glad that God has a different set of glasses that he looks through? That God sees you in your life with endless possibilities, and that, yes, with man it is impossible, but with God all things are possible. God can bring it to pass. The relatives and friends of Mary would look at her and say, little girl, you're a virgin. It could never happen for you. But she said, 
be it unto me according to your word. Lord, whatever you speak, you can bring to pass. Get into agreement with God's word. Take the limits off of your life. Some had spoken over Nathaniel, even over Jesus. What good thing could ever come out of a person who is from Nazareth was said. Yet the world was changed. People might have said certain things over your life, but God is saying something over your life as well. And if you'll agree with it, you'll take the limits off, and God will do the impossible. God will work on your behalf. Let's believe that 2009 is not the year of the ox. It's the year when it comes to pass. What is it? I don't know what your it is. I know what some of mine are. I know what I'm believing for and to step into this year. Some very big things for me. Oh, I've said, I I put myself on this path. Okay, God, I'm going to get into agreement with what you're saying. I'm going to start doing my part, and I know that you're going to do your part because you're faithful. Hallelujah. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your words that have come to us today, that you are bringing to pass your promises in our life. Lord, but it, it it takes a party of two. It takes a partnership between you and us to say, Lord, be it unto me according to your word. Maybe some of you have been circling that mountain for long enough. Maybe there's an area that you can think of right now that you just haven't been able to turn out of that same pattern, that same circle over and over and over. Maybe you've been locked in a holding pattern and just not known how to change direction. Let me, let me tell you this morning as we're praying, one of the things that you can do, stop looking at that mountain. Start looking at that mountain.